Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Hi and welcome to the July 24th, 2019 Plastic and Surgery Reconstructive Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia, St. Vincent's Hospital. My name is Dr. Damian Mauricio. I'm here with Dr. Gihan Karunaratni, who is one of the registrars at St. George Hospital. We are talking about a paper, 25 years of experience with the submental flap in facial reconstruction, evolution and technical refinements following 311 cases in Europe and Africa. This is by Drs. Bertrand et al. And it was published in June 2019 in Paris. So, Gihan, what was this paper about in a nutshell? Um, so, in a nutshell, this paper was describing the submental island flap um, as an alternative flap for head and neck reconstruction. Um, the authors have an extensive experience of that and they described their surgical technique, um, which has uh, evolved through their experiences experiences. Um, they described a platysmal variant, a digastric variant, an extended variant, and a super extended variant. Um, now, just taking a step back, can you just describe what the submental flap is? Essentially, what skin are you taking and what is the pedicle of supply of the flap? Yeah, so the skin is essentially, the skin paddle is essentially um, hidden underneath the mandible um, between uh, the angles of the mandible. Uh, and the skin uh, and the vascular pedicle is uh, from the submental artery, um, which is a branch of the facial artery. Okay, so can you describe the four different variations of this flap that they talk about? Yeah, so they describe a number of variants based on how much of the uh, local anatomy is taken within the flap. Uh, the initial one that was described was the platysmal variant, where they raise the flap just below the platysmal level um, without any additional muscles. Um, they have a digastric variant where they include the anterior belly of digastric. Um, they've got an extended variant which uh, includes the mylohyoid, two anterior digastrics and the contralateral submandibular gland in certain cases. And then a super extended variant where there was an extended skin paddle um, in addition to all of that. So what sort of conditions were they treating uh, so, in using these flaps? They presented a really interesting case series of um, uh, cases of Noma from Africa, where there was no uh, access to microsurgery, microsurgery for reconstruction. Um, so this pedicle flap was really useful for those cases. Um, they also had uh, a number of other sort of traumatic and oncological cases from Europe. Okay, and so uh, what were their results? Um, their results were really good. Um, they went through their uh, complications and they only had two total flap failures and they were both because they had transected the pedicle uh, by mistake. Uh, there was a number of minor complications, things like distal skin necrosis, hematoma um, and mandibular nerve neuropraxia, um, as well as wound dehiscence, hypertrophic scarring and salivary fistulas. Um, all of those were reasonably low, but they did note that a lot of their NOMA patients already had um, mandibular nerve dysfunction, um, which may have uh, biased that result of having a low um, complication rate. Okay, so what conclusions did they draw from this paper? Yeah, so essentially they found that um, this is a really reliable and versatile flap for head and neck reconstruction and should be thought of um, in the algorithm for treating head and neck defects. Um, I think 
the area where this is especially useful is where um, for whatever reason, reconstructive microsurgery is not an option, um, whether that be due to the patient's um, comorbidities or because of um, the resources in the area. Okay, so uh, what what did you like and the, like less well about this flap? Yeah, the, the, about this paper. Sorry, the, the things I liked about this paper was um, the detailed anatomical um, discussion. Um, in regards to exact, the exact sort of surgical technique to raise the flap, um, all the variants they included, and also um, some of the subtleties in the skin paddle design, the methods of lengthening the facial vein, um, and the description of the osteocutaneous flap as well. Yeah, we were lucky enough to have Dr. David Kamenar come along. He actually learnt the flap from uh, Dr. Martin himself uh, in Bordeaux. Um, and he showed his case series this evening. It was certainly very interesting. Um, uh, it is a flap where there is a risk of uh, damaging, the, damaging the marginal mandibular branch of the facial nerve. So it was very interesting uh, to see how you could make an incision that close to uh, the lower border of the mandible, yet still preserve uh, the marginal mandibular branch of the facial nerve. Um, but overall, this is a very interesting paper in uh, treating a particularly challenging group of patients in less than ideal circumstances uh, in developing nations. Okay, anything else? Yes. I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.